Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. We can't provide truly patient-centred care without having the voice of consumers at the table. Be it at the kitchen table or via Zoom, lived experience is the only way to learn what our community needs. These projects leverage meaningful partnerships to redesign the way they deliver care with drastically improved outcomes. So I'm Erin Ferguson. I'm the Paediatric Rheumatic Heart Disease CNC in Cairns Hospital. I'm employed under the Rheumatic Heart Disease Queensland Action Plan, which is currently funded through until 2024. I've been in the position for the past couple of years, so it's a new position which has been developed from the ground up and certainly something I'm very passionate about. It's a real privilege to be here today to be able to talk to you all and to advocate for my children and our families. I would like to show my respect by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and I pay my respects to our elders past, present and emerging. I've got a really big topic to cover in a really short space of time. Can I just get a quick show of hands? Who knows what RHD and ARF are? Well, that's good, awesome. So basically when I'm talking about acute rheumatic fever, I'm talking about an infection caused by a really common bacteria, group A strep. It causes a sore throat and skin sores, which then get into the body, into the bloodstream, causing inflammation of the joints is a very common presentation. We see children wake up in the morning and they can't walk. It also can cause, affect the skin and can cause neurological side effects. And when we're talking about rheumatic heart disease, that's when it's progressed to affecting the delicate valves of the heart. All of the other symptoms go away, the joint pain, the inflammation of the brain, the skin conditions, the heart damage, once it's there, that's there. That's permanent damage. I have said there it's 100% preventable. I'll go on to that a bit later. And as mentioned, this is predominantly seen in our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. It's considered a disease of poverty, of social disadvantaged which is linked to inadequate housing or overcrowded housing and limited access to medical care. And it's a big problem in our country, in a first world country. It's a national disgrace and that's why I'm here and that's why I talk about it. We all need to take notice, we need to start talking about it. So we mainly see it in children five to 14 years of age, that's because this is a, a disease of, it's an immune response. So the immune system gets primed. It doesn't just happen once. They get a few recurrences of the group A strep bacteria of ARF, and then it fires off and causes the response. 
We've got a huge problem in far north Queensland. So along with our paediatric cardiologists, we cover, we do outreach from Cairns. We cover all of the Cape and Torres as well. So we've got a huge area. We also do local clinics within the Cairns at the um, local Indigenous health centres and also outreach to Yarraba. So we do cover um, a lot of areas outside of Cairns Hospital. So in our catchment alone, we've got over 300 paediatric patients with established disease. And this is unfortunately increasing all the time. We're averaging at least one new case a week. So as I said before, our HD is 100% preventable. The problem is that that's great, right? The problem is the treatment is a really painful LA bacillin injection. We're talking a big needle. I'm not talking a flu vax. It's really painful. It has to go deep into the gluteal muscle and it needs to be given every 28 days to be effective, and that is every 28 days for 10 years or until they're 21 years of age. This is one of our new little diagnosed girls, the most beautiful kid you could ever meet. She's five with established rheumatic heart disease. That's 13 injections every year until she's 21. That's a lot of needles. So we need to get it right. We know if we get it wrong, that these kids don't want to come back. They already don't trust the health service. So this is where I come in. How do we make sure we get it right? Easy, okay? Make sure kids like getting needles. Yay, who likes needles? This is what kids tell us. So this is our approach to partnering with consumers. It's really groundbreaking. We talk to all of our patients, every one of them, hundreds of kids. Every time they come in, how are you going? How are you going with your needles? What's helping you? How are you going, mum and dad, with getting them to their needles? This is what they're telling us. I'll cover the bad stuff first. We'll get to the good. They hold me down. This happens a lot. I hear this a few times a week. And I'm talking about physically restraining a child, four people on top of them, four adults on top of them, to hold them down while they get their needle. This isn't okay and you can understand why these kids end up being traumatised and never want to see us again. They force me to have it. They treat me like a dartboard. They make me wait so long I get scared. A little kid waiting in a waiting room for 45 minutes knowing they're about to get a needle. That's not cool. And they don't know what the needles are for. Again, groundbreaking stuff, I talk to them. What are your needles for? Do you understand why you need to get them? We bring out videos, we, we go through books with them about how it's helping protect their heart and making, keeping them strong. So now let's get to the good stuff. What do you reckon? What do you think is the number one thing that the kids who are doing well tell me helps them? Yep, up there, but the number one thing they are nice to me. Every time I say it, it gives me goosebumps because we all have control over this. You don't have to be the best needle giver in the world. They remember that the people are nice to them when they walk into that clinic. They don't feel scared. They try to make it fun. They engage them. These are kids. We need everything we do to engage them in healthcare. We need to make it fun. And needles aren't fun. I know that. But giving them some control over how they get it giving them agency, giving them choices, and bring out the bubbles, bring out the joke book, whatever you need to do, get creative. They know how I like to get my needle. Again, having that conversation about it with them. It helps if I see the same people each time, which we don't always have control over. We know that we've got heaps of agency staff, especially in the communities, there's a huge turnover. So again, that's where I come in, trying to get a care plan for these kids so everyone's on the same page. 
and they take the time with me. So worst case scenario, I've spent six hours with a child getting them to get their injection. And I'm talking about children who've had severe trauma and need to be brought back from that place to actually getting their needle. So that's not the norm, but it has happened. So up here, this is our paediatric cardiologist, Dr. Ben Reeves. So he's the only peds cardiologist north of Brisbane. So he's covering all of Kansas, Cape and Taurus. So our peds cardiology team is myself and Dr. Reeves. I've only been around for a couple of years, so he's been doing it on his own for 10 years. This is one of my superstar patients. This was over two years into getting his injections, going from zero to 100% adherence to his needles. And that is his amazing mum. These guys are absolute legends. So our happy heart clinic, as we like to call it, we used to call it the high-risk bicillin clinic, but it doesn't quite have the same <laughs> ring to it, is a nurse-led clinic, which basically came from Ben saying, hey, Erin, we've got a problem here. These kids don't like getting their needles and people don't like giving the needles. Can you fix that? Sure. No worries. I like a challenge. So basically, he'll refer these top-end kids that have undergone trauma to me for me to work with them in the clinic. It's a child-focused model of care. I sit there. I talk to them. Again, a lot of talking goes on. How do we want to get to your needles today? What can we use to help you? What distraction do you want to use? Antinox, laughing gas, has been a game changer in our clinic. It relieves that anxiety. It takes away the pain. It wears off straight away so there's no downtime. They can get in and out. And it, a lot of the primary health centres within Queensland Health in the communities offer it also. So it's not just a Cairns Hospital thing. So they get to choose the side of the needle and it's implemented during clinical episodes where I'm not restricted to time. As I said, the six-hour one is the extreme end of the spectrum. Most of the kids take about half an hour. And I have these conversations, even if I've been seeing them for two years, I have it every time. Do you want to do anything different today? What are we going to do? I'm conscious I'm running out of time. These are my butt cards, which we put together. They are called butts cards because they've got pictures of butts on them. We put together because the kids say, Erin, I'm scared when I see a new person. I don't want to tell them how I like to get my needle. This takes that away. We just tick off how they like to get it. They say, this is how I get my needle. It also reminds the clinician, oh, okay, this is the questions I should actually be asking these children or these adults each time before I give a needle. So it takes the edge off. We know as clinicians we don't like doing it because we don't want to hurt people. But this gives them some power over it as well. So we're in the evaluation phase at the moment, which again, guess what? We're talking to people. We don't just, we don't just have the Happy Heart Clinic. We also have a, a multidisciplinary RHD clinic where we have a dental team, a sexual health team, and we have a transition from paediatric to adult clinic. I don't have time to talk about all of this today, but our, we're all about collaborating with our consumers. We know that that's what gets an effective model happening. So at the moment, the themes coming back are that parents are traumatised, children are traumatised. Parents are traumatised because there's a lot of stigma around this disease as well. They don't like talking about it. We, they feel judged. And unfortunately, another plug, we don't have an Indigenous health worker on our team. If anyone here has funding that they want to give us, I would be very grateful. It is ridiculous. So we currently have seven kids in the Happy Heart Clinic and four of them have gone from zero needles to 100%. Three of them have gone from zero to more than 80%. They haven't quite gotten there because they've gone a bit overdue the 28 days. A couple of the kids I couldn't 
get to have their needles because they've got severe pre-existing behavioural issues such as autism and post-traumatic stress disorder. And they've gone on to oral antibiotics, which aren't as effective, but that's a topic for another day. I would now like to hand over to my amazing superstar patient, Jay Lil, and he will talk to you about what it's like to get an injection from the patient perspective. Hi, my name is Jalil. I'm 10 years old. I like music and spending time with my friends and my family. A couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with acute rheumatic fever. I need to make sure I get a bison injection every 28 days at the clinic. Otherwise, I could get very sick. Today, I'm going to show you what it's like to get my injection. My mom takes me to the clinic on my injection day. When we arrive at the clinic, we meet Savannah, who's a health worker. Morning, Jalil. Morning. How are you today? Good. Next, we go to see Erin. She's the person who gives me my injection every 28 days. Hey, guys. Come through. We always have a big chat about how I am doing and how I would like to get my needle each time. Hey, how are you both going today? I still get a little nervous before an injection. Even though I've had lots of them, Erin doesn't mind if I have any questions. So we'll do what we always do. We'll talk about all the different stuff and how you think you'd like your needle today. We'll do your game plan. At the clinics, there's lots of different things that I can choose to help make me feel comfortable when getting my injection. Like the Buzzy Bee, the cool scents and ice pack. I can even use Antonox if I am feeling really nervous. Next we talk about where I should get my injection. There are three to choose from DG, VG or thigh. She also asks if I want to lie on my tummy, my side or lean over the bed. We have a chat about what I would like to do for distraction. It really helps if you stay calm and relax while you get the needle. I like to look at some YouTube videos on my mum's phone. Sometimes we sing, sometimes I talk to Erin about my family and going to get a treat afterwards. This helps me keep my mind off it. I like to have my mum in the room holding my hand. I like for Erin to tell me just before she does the needle so I could say, I am ready. It helps that Erin gives me lots of choices about how I want to get the needle. It makes it less scary. It is really important that the injection is so nice and warm before it is given so Erin holds it in her hands for a few minutes while we chat. It has to be given slowly so I have to remember to lie really still. It helps if I wiggle my toes. I also try to stay calm and think of something nice. The injection doesn't take long and I feel relaxed once it is done. We make an appointment for next time. If I go over 28 days, I am at risk of getting another episode of acute rheumatic fever. So we make sure I am never late. Thank you, ladies. I'm so proud of you, Jalil. Good boy. Thank you. Bye. 
Sometimes I get frustrated that I need the injections. But my mom reminds me that getting them means that my rheumatic fever doesn't get worse. It means I still get to play and hang out with my friends and be like everyone else. If you have rheumatic fever or rheumatic heart disease, remember, if you keep getting your needle, it will keep your heart strong and healthy. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.